Season two, episode one of the Easton podcast. I'm George Tekmachev here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson. Man, that didn't change. We still have it. Yeah, right. Okay, now it gets rough. Hey, we've got a we've got a um, a couple of things to talk about today. We're going to keep this one relatively short compared to last season's episodes that averaged an hour. We're gonna we're gonna try to make better use of your time. Is what we're going to try to do. Thirty to forty minutes. Yeah, something like that. Clock's ticking. Yeah. So. Without any further ado, as daylight is burning, let's uh, let's jump into it. Uh, 2019 off to a solid start with things like Neem and Vegas, and uh, that's what we're going to focus on for this uh, for this first podcast of the season. And um, Neem, I wasn't there this year. I, yeah. I usually am, but I wasn't there. I was in Japan instead. So uh, tell us what what uh, transpired at at the fabulous Neem event. Man, I'm trying to remember everything. Um... Braden won men's compound. Yeah, he sure did. And we had a uh, a pretty good Easton showing at that yeah. event. You know? Yep. We I think we were like nine of the twelve podiums or something like that. Yeah, I but, think I remember that, yeah. Um How'd you do? I don't oh it was it was awful. Oh, it was, you had a, yeah, you had a rough like start, the, right? I mean it was like the low point of my archery career. Overall. Yeah. Yeah. I hit rock bottom there. Okay. I hit rock bottom so hard, it kind of catapulted me up. Right. And I came back around. Yeah, you bounced pretty yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you need that. Neem uh, growing again this year. Uh, pretty good turnout. I didn't see the numbers, but yeah, I mean, it's always a good tournament, Neem. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, we've often called it the de facto World Archery Rules yep. Indoor Championship. That's absolutely what we call it because most top shooters, most of the people who set the high scores – I think if you polled 10 of them, at least nine would tell you, yeah, this is the real indoor world championship. The only, yeah, and that 10th guy would just be, he, would, he wouldn't know any better anyways. He'd be brain dead. Yeah, well, something. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's always competitive. You know, I don't even, it, it seems like so long ago at this point, and it was only like, what, five, six weeks ago. Yeah. But yeah. I don't even remember everything that happened. It was, it was Braden. I, all I remember virtually is, uh, the men's compound, which was Braden against Chris, and then Mike against Stefan. So Chris Schaff and then Mike Schlosser and Stefan Hansen. And then the uh, the women's recurve, which was Kang the Destroyer against Casey Koffold. Hmm. And uh, that was – and then and then Sim Yi G shot clean. I remember that too. She shot a clean 120 to uh, win the bronze in women's recurve. The rest of it escapes me. Casey's had a good year. Yeah, she's shooting really well, figuring out the indoor game. She had a big, big last day at Vegas to move up. I yeah. remember seeing that. Too. Ended up fourth, I think, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Third. She was Third. on the podium, yeah. Yeah. So, um, Indoor Archery World Cup Stage 3 is the other way to look at the uh, Neem event. And uh, so, yeah, Neem 2019, uh, Lee Sang Young of Korea uh, beating uh, Sergei Markovich of Ukraine. And then the uh, 2012. Olympic champion Oh Jin Hyuk taking third place. So uh, a couple of Koreans punctuated by a Ukrainian. Yeah. and uh, Sergei's you know, an up-and-coming guy. Yeah, he seems pretty legit. Lee obviously was on the – not obviously, but I remember him from the 2016 Rio Olympic team. Yeah. So he is a gold medalist as well. He shot really well. He did, he did well – in Vegas and uh, in the World Cup final at Vegas, so he had, or sorry, World Series, they changed all that. Yeah, yeah. It's all, we should talk about that a little bit in a little while. Yeah. When we get into the Vegas thing, we'll talk about that. 
So uh, Kang, uh, the destroyer. Um, by the way, did, did I, I, I? You know, you should never ever read YouTube comments about stuff you've done or worked on. But uh, I, I took some crap for calling her Kang the Destroyer when World Archery's been calling her that from day one. Yeah. Anyways, Kang Chae Young. Um, Why are people like, what's wrong? Like, I, don't know. I don't know. Whatever. What they thought they it was like, disrespectful yeah. or something. I don't know. Like it's a bad name? Or she doesn't seem tracer. to mind it. I don't know. My understanding is she kind of likes it. Anyways, Kang. Uh, from Korea, beat Casey Koffold in the uh, gold medal final in Nîmes, and then you had uh, Sim Yuji, as you alluded to earlier, uh, from Korea taking the bronze. We just a had very a guy convincing score. Pull out of the parking lot. I know this is everybody's favorite part of the podcast. Oh yeah, I make an observation because we're, in, we're just so you all know we're in the legacy room here at Easton. We have a commanding view of the parking lot. <laughs> yes. So Darren from planning yeah. just pulled out. He's the, got like an old Nissan. No, it's a it's a Toyota. Okay, so it's worse than like the the Toyota in Toy Story. It's more beat up than that. It's, it's more beat up than the Toyota in Top Gear that they couldn't kill. Uh, they they took a Toyota and they put it on top of a building that was going to be imploded, didn't kill it. Yes. Yeah, so they set it on fire, didn't kill it. They dumped it in the North Sea, didn't kill it. Yeah, this one has more primer than paint yes. showing. I think primer is actually holding it together. And he's got curb feelers on it. I noticed that. A set yeah. of curb feelers on the front of his vintage Toyota truck. The, the <laughs> undead truck, as it were. <laughs> I don't know what to think about the curb feeler. I haven't talked to him about it. but All I know is that any vehicle with a one-inch diameter tailpipe has a strong chance of living longer. I don't know why. Yeah, it seems you do see a lot of those that are very aged on the road. Yeah, so in Japan, they've got these, like, mini pickup trucks. You know, I got, like, 12-inch wheels on them, you know? Yeah. And, and they're little tiny things. In fact, I'll bet they'd be popular here if they if they passed crash testing. <laughs> and, and it's the same deal, man. Those things will go half a million miles and, and not bat an eye. <laughs> you know, change the spark plugs every quarter million miles and throw some more oil in it. And put some curb feelers on them. I think the curb feelers are the real the real key here. Yeah. That's yeah. that's why I brought it up because it has curb feelers. Yeah. And primer. Primer. And it's like a navy. It's it's a combination of navy blue, it's a rust, and primer. It's a melange of colors. Uh, some driven from nature like rust. Some driven from the sea. Some of the primer is blue. Some of the primer is white. It's pretty bad. It's a, it's the worst looking truck I've ever seen. <laughs> and I've seen some bad ones. I've been in a lot of places around the world. I've seen some some vehicles that have... Let's just say this, though. I understand it was free. I heard he didn't yeah. have to pay for it. Well, no one's paying for this podcast either, or else they'd probably be uh, canceling this Well, you're totally getting right your money's now. worth. Yeah. You know, it's amazing to me. People were, like, clamoring for us to do another one of these. And yeah. I'm just going to... Is this I'm an object lesson in being careful off. what yeah. you uh, wish for? Yeah, it's going to probably make you never come back. Yeah. Do you know some of our executives listen to the podcast lately? They, yeah. I had, I had Ted from Engineering come up to me the other day. He said that he was listening to our podcast about doping. You know, we were talking about mm -hmm. the whole doping thing. And, and he learned some new stuff, and he thought it was fascinating. And I'm like, well, you know, well, glad Ted, you got your money's worth. Yeah, Ted might be on steroids, so... I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, we're totally kidding about that. <laughs> Ted's like 5'10 and not looking like a guy on steroids, right? But he's a very avid um, cross-country skier. He's a mountain guy, right? He's totally into it. He's a Park City guy. And he's Finlandic in nature, right? Yeah. It's, 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 his, it's his 
upbringing. He's a Finn from the northern peninsula of Michigan. And I can tell you firsthand, his mother makes some of the best soup ever. So there you go. As I get older, I start to appreciate soup. A soup is more. important, yeah. man. Especially if you live in a place like the UP. I'll bet that if you don't have soup on a regular basis in the UP, they find you stuck in a snowbank yeah. frozen solid. So so Ted's big cross-country skier. Big huh? time, yeah. yeah. He's a member of Tuna. I don't know what that means, but it's it's a group of cross-country skiers. Uh, what do you think the N stands for? Nordic? Nordic. Yeah. The Utah Nordic, Nordic Association, Association, maybe. Yeah. Whatever. So, um, yeah, he's, he's into it. He's hardcore. Someday I'll do that. We sometimes <laughs> exchange, you know, stories about waxing, clister, you know, that you use for, like, wet snow and stuff like that. Right. You know. Well, I'm glad Ted listens. Yeah, he might be our only listener by the time we get done with this. Maybe one. that's why he was fascinated with doping for local competition. Yeah, it might help him with the altitude. He's going to start something. blood doping. He's going to start, yeah, <laughs> autologous blood donations to yeah. himself. All right, then. Uh, moving on. Moving on. What were we talking about? I derailed. We were talking about Neem before we completely derailed yeah, the show. It was getting boring. Uh huh. Should we talk about the Vegas shoot? Yeah. Let's go from the yeah. macro to the micro on the Vegas shoot. First, let's start with, let's get the world archery stuff out of the way. Because, you know, quite frankly, um, the world archery stuff is new this year. Uh, it's it's kind of a variation of a theme. This is a indoor world series, they're calling it. Yeah. And it is intended to replace the indoor world cup. And I think it's just a branding exercise or just not wanting to confuse world cup indoor with world cup outdoors. So they've got a different name for the indoor world series. And I, I think by all um, accounts, it was pretty successful. Yeah. There were some issues like with Korea getting canceled as an event, um, you know, and then they, they wanted, you had yeah. to attend three to qualify for the final. There were people in my understanding who Korea was going to be their third. So yeah. they're going to do Korea name. Um, yeah, let's 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 make this a little more clear. There was, what, I think, five events that were originally I think there intended. Were six, yeah, sorry, something like yeah. that. Yeah, so you had Luxembourg, you had Rome, you were supposed to have Seoul, Korea, you had Macau, and then you had Nîmes, and of course Vegas was a mandatory uh, participation final. And and some of these events had more weight than others. There was a point system assigned to them. So the ones that had a lot of people like Neem mm -hmm. had 500 points worth. Neem was 1,000. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're right. They actually ended up. Some were 250, some were 500, some were 1,000. It ended up there was not a 500-point event right, anywhere. Right, right. Which it, I don't mean to be critical, but – and it was a first-year thing. Yeah, I'm I was going sure to point that out. they'll you know? work the kinks out. But to have events like that were – like Macau, there was like 10 people there. You know, the women's compound class literally had 10 people. Yeah. Um, and it got 250 points. And then you have uh, Luxembourg, which was far more competitive. Big turnout. Everybody points. from Netherlands showed up. And then. You could argue that that should have been a 500 pointer. Yeah. And then uh, Korea, which I think was supposed to be a 500 pointer, gets canceled. There were people, you know, people were out money because of that. So yes. I think they'll. Iron out the kinks. Yeah. And For one thing, I don't think Korea is going to get an opportunity to do that know. again. That's was, not going to happen, I'm sure. There wasn't a single one in the Western Hemisphere. This uh, is true. They'll say Vegas, but... But that's a mandatory count. final. Yeah. It doesn't count. So it... But then again, who stepped up? I chose up? not to participate who, because of this. Who here stepped up to make it happen, though? Uh, I mean, there were rumors uh, that there might have been a, an event in certain places, but yeah. they didn't materialize. That's true. And I'm not... 
it's not my place to say why they probably didn't materialize. Um, and then there were other people who, and, and by the way, the terms of the thing are not easy to comply with. I mean, you gotta, you gotta come up with some money for the, yeah. the final pot. And there's, I mean, let's just say that there's, it's not the easiest thing to, it's not the easiest thing to, uh, comply with. We, we just opened a bottle, mostly silently. That was cooperative. Yeah. yeah cooperative effort there. There's some water on the table. There's now. water on the table. I will not put my MacBook there. Um, um, yeah, but, you know, all joking aside, I, I think first year it had its glitch with, with Soul kind of letting down everybody. And then um, next year they'll they'll come up with something better, I'm sure. Yeah, it'll work out. But, it, you know, everybody, they, they tried something different. I'll credit them that. And I'll say this: I think that the competition itself was spectacular. At the end, it really was good. My opinion. It felt. I mean, it didn't feel any different to me. No, it but culminated you're, you in the know, same way. I think the audience really liked it a lot. Yeah, the, the Saturday night thing in Vegas is always. We had always a huge fun. turnout, um, as usual. You know, packed stands, standing room only, literally. Um, for the recurve men, they saw Steve Weiler uh, beat Brady Ellison. Reasonably convincingly, Brady uh, kind of ran into a little bow jam thing going on toward the end. Yeah, Steve shoots well. Steve is cool under pressure. He's got a very loose style compared to Brady's more sort of mechanical style that you know that he puts in. And then uh, Min Byung-yong of Korea was uh, was third, so uh, that was a solid performance there. The Koreans, um, you know, I think were a little surprised they didn't make it to the gold medal final, but you know. Steve Weiler and Brady Ellison are nothing to sneeze at. Right. On the other hand, the recurve women, it was uh, Korea, Korea, Korea. Simu G versus Kang, uh, the Quite destroyer. The shoot off. It was a heck of a shoot off. And then you had um, Kim Che Yun, who we don't see a lot on the world circuit. Uh, she was uh, third, one of the Hyundai uh, Mobis shooters. Yeah. I think they all are, in fact. Yeah, they all are. So that's their department store. Hyundai has a department store. But the men who shoot for Hyundai, they shoot for Hyundai Steel. It's very masculine. Very manly. Yeah. Yeah. Hyundai Steel. Yeah. You know, I think uh, you could you could say that uh, Ojin Hyuk is like the captain of the Hyundai Steel team. I want to be the captain of the Hyundai Steel team. That could happen. Uh, for the compound men, our friend Chris Schaff was number one, taking out the baby-faced assassin Stefan Hansen from Denmark. Yep. Pretty convincingly as well. Yeah, Chris. Chris Chow. Chris great. is good. Yeah. Chris is good at archery. And then uh, Braden Galantine taking third. Yeah, over Mike. Over Mike Schlusser. Yep. Who, uh, let's face it, Mike's got some issues on those last arrows, man. I mean, it's just happening in a way that's hard to watch sometimes. I hope he gets over it. Yeah, I, I sometimes wonder, like, maybe he should pull out a hinge that last arrow. You almost wonder. Just completely change the nature of what he's doing. Can't be any worse. I don't know. He'll. Uh, there's days when he's great on it, and there's days when it just kills him, and it's just. Let me tell you though, I wish I struggled as much as Mike. Yeah, fair enough. Good point. <laughs> the guys on the podium. Good point. Left and right. Excellent point. I'm not, you know, like I'm not a compound guy, right? <laughs> right. So it's easy for me to mention stuff like that. Yeah. It uh, just, but it, you know what? It's cool. It it shows the average Joe Archer that even the best can endure some of the same struggles they're still human mike's inhuman 99.9 percent .9 of the time and then sometimes shows a flash of humanity right and still makes more money than most of us yeah this is true doing 
in a game. Yeah. So yeah, he's quite good at it. Yeah. So it's cool. It, it you know. Yeah, Victoria Belgenova from the Russian Federation taking the uh, compound women's gold over Sarah Preels of Belgium. Sarah's been shooting pretty well in the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. She, you know, she won Vegas a few years ago. Yeah. And she's yeah. always been steady since. And Tanya Jensen, who's been consistently in this event for the last couple of years, is also uh, nobody to sneeze at. She's from Denmark, and Tanya was third. Mm-hmm. So she shot pretty well. But, so that's you know, the World Series. Yeah, it's kind of a warm-up. It's like the appetizer before the, the main event, right? Yeah. Now, as, a, as an event, as a thing to watch on TV or a thing to sit in the stands and watch, in my opinion, that's the better event of right. Vegas. Because it, you get to watch every, every archer who's competing, you get to watch each arrow they shoot. The Vegas shootdown is tough. The Vegas so, shootdown is a tough thing to present, and yeah. it's a tough thing to watch. What if we, what if we trooped out there one at a time? And we shot one arrow each, sudden death. And they just said, okay, Steve, you're up. And I shoot, and the spotlight hits yeah, I'll, me. I'll tell you how I you take care of that arrow. problem right there is you just have the judges continue to go down the line and have a fourth person trailing behind them to write down the score. What, what I suggested, so what we did at Kings of Archery was awesome. So Kings of Archery, you know, Sander Dolderman started that tournament at, with some of his friends. And Raymond Marcus is their MC. And he's down on the floor with a mic like Bruce is. And Raymond just walks along and makes the call. If there's a close one, he stops. I think that's the appropriate thing to do. Yeah, and I told Bruce, I said, Bruce, you can handle this. And uh, as archers, if there's an issue, we'll check you. But when there's obvious 30s, don't have three judges look at it. Took, what, like 15 minutes to score the first end? I almost almost sat down on the floor to make a point. We should should probably back up just a little bit. Yeah, we're, we're well ahead of ourselves. I mean, here's the deal. This year's Vegas, full doping control in place, just like last year. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it last year too, by the way. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and more. And the year before. And more perfect scores than ever before. Right. People and are getting good at this game. People are getting good at this game. How about the lighting in the arena? I think that was better than before, and and you know certainly they've improved it. And do you think that helped? In the finals, it was. In the qualification round, it wasn't that great. It was like always. Interesting. In the finals, it was because we were kind so of digging for reasons different. why there were so many perfect scores. This People year. are just less intimidated by a nine hundred. I think getting better at it. Then there's an approach that I took personally, where literally the Vegas tournament is the easiest tournament I shoot all year, of the major events. You want to share that? Well, at every other tournament, I've got to hit either the small X or I've got to shoot more arrows. So. Because it's World Archery. Yeah, the other major events that I would consider, Neem, Lancaster, uh, NFA, Indoor, or any of the World Series stuff that's so now. All of those are harder. Right. Now I've got the Baby X to hit in literally all those, except NFAA Indoor. It's the NFA five spot X, which is the same size as a Vegas X, but I've got to do it 120 times. So Vegas, I've just got to hit 90 big tens. It's the easiest tournament I'll shoot all year. So your perspective in having competed at these other things has made Vegas seem easier. Yeah, I don't have to be great. I just have to be not bad. I just can't do anything stupid. Kind of takes away the pressure. Not really, but it's helpful. Well, it's a good. It's a. It's the only way to look at it. I think gives you some perspective, anyway. So, with that said, we had twenty-four people in the shoot down. What were we, 23 plus the lucky or 24 plus the 23 lucky? 23 plus the lucky. Yeah, it was crazy. So the lucky was uh, PJ. 
PJ Deloche from France. So before the shoot down started, we awarded the actual Vegas winner from 2018. Yeah, I think that bears some mention here. You yeah, know, Chris. Chris Perkins brought him out on the stage, gave him his uh, $153,000 in combined <laughs> uh, tournament winnings and contingency just from one sponsor that he's got is the 50K, and then 53 from you know, from so, the Vegas shoot. Yeah, so 103 there. 103. Yeah. And uh, you're looking at uh, additional money from, you know, uh, other sponsors. And uh, by the time he walked off that thing, he was uh, well and truly well rewarded for his shooting clean last year. He, yeah, and he when was... I say shooting clean, I don't mean the score. I mean shooting without dope <laughs> in his system. I'll say this, though. He was still robbed. Yes, he was. He, you can I, never, you can never replace right what it is. He'll never be Sergio Pagni on the flaming chariot. Well, and he'll never. Well, he may someday, but as of right now, he's a Vegas winner who never shot a winning arrow at Vegas. Yeah, I, I know what you mean from the perspective of the appearance. Obviously, mm -hmm. he's always going to be the Vegas winner. So you know, I have no doubt that he'll be in other shoot downs and maybe win Vegas uh, again, but. You know, that first one, he didn't get the glory of, of shooting that winning arrow. You know, that's mm -hmm. kind of a bummer. And the immediate feeling afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. It was all uh, that. He was robbed. He yeah, was robbed. It was it was taken from him. It was indeed stolen from him. So I, um, and that's all I'm going to say about that. The bottom line, though, is he was properly uh, acknowledged at this event. And, you know, I think we did the best we could to, we didn't talk about, you know, anything other than the fact that he was the winner of Vegas 2018. So Yeah, his bank account know. reflects it now. Yes, it does. I think that makes up for some. Yeah, I would be fine with it. I would you know, too. If I they were too. like, hey, Steve, you were 10th this year, but the nine guys ahead of you <laughs> failed the drug test, I'd say, when do I get paid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, Anyway, this year, you know. So 24 guys. Yeah, 24 guys. And two female 900s. Yes, uh, indeed. One from a shooter from Korea and one from Sarah Lopez. Yeah. So, so, so Jay Wan so and Jay Sarah Wan. Lopez. Yep. Yeah. Both of which were great shooters. And then they got out there during their shoot down and <laughs> dropped their first nines in four days. Yeah. You know? They can't take away the 900, though. No, they, they can't. No, they can't. Thankfully. Anyway, Sarah Lopez ended up with a very emotional win. Um, I think Sarah thought that she'd lost it when oh, she yeah. shot that she arrow. That huge nine right, right off the bat. You're like, well, that's over. Yeah. And then her opponent shot a worse nine. So, I mean, that was, that's pressure for you. When you got that many people, 6,000 people in the crowd or more, and you got, you know, that much attention being paid to what you're doing. If you're not ready for it eh, mentally, not that Sarah wouldn't have been, but I, I don't think Soche once found herself in a situation quite like that before. So congratulations to both those ladies for their clean scores um, you know that was that was obviously a great achievement, making them I think only about the uh, fifth and sixth women to shoot clean in the modern era of Vegas. Fourth and fifth, yeah, yeah, and they they get a free pass because they were the the they were trailblazers. They there'd never been a nine hundred shoot off for the women, so I don't care if they shot a nine, they made it, they did it. Yep, absolutely. So, uh, you know, obviously we, uh, we had some of the best of the best, including yourself in that shoot down. We had, um, we had PJ Deloche 
Uh, Krishoff just barely uh, didn't make it into the cut. So, uh, you know, from the previous night, Chris Perkins, last year's winner, ended up 26th overall. Chris Schaff was 25th. Yeah, there's some of the better shooters. Yeah, and some other great shooters. Uh, Dave Hauser, 27th. He was in the shootdown last year. Uh, we had uh, Jacob Marlowe, 31st. Um, you know, a number of Louis Price, 33rd. Uh, of course, a whole slew of guys, 33rd, because yeah. at that point they just – I got to give props to Matt Stutzman for being in the top 40. You look at a lot of those guys who are in that top group of guys who yep. did not make it. Yep. And how many of them have before? Yep. Man, we could have 50 guys make it pretty easily. Sure. If you look at the guys that have made it before that didn't make it this time, you know, uh, Bridger, 33rd. You had, uh, I mentioned Louis Price before. You had uh, Morgan London, 43rd. You had. Uh, Let's see here. Garrett Abernathy, he was 44. He was in the group of 44th. Sander Dolderman. Yeah. Guys like that. You know, guys who can, who can do it. Njal Amas, you know, Njal Amas from uh, Norway. Yeah. And Aaron Tedford. Uh, Dan McCarthy. Rio's down there, yeah. Yeah, Rio. Shane Wills. We um, won't spend too much time ton of guys, right? that. But let's, let's, talk about the, uh, let's talk about the guys that did make it. Uh, PJ Delosh was a lucky dog. Went out in the first pass. And you had uh, Nicholas Girard from France. You had Jesse Clayton. You had Jesse Starks from Michigan. Anthony Ferraro from Pennsylvania. Tate Morgan from Montana. Donnie Thacker from Kentucky. Matt Sullivan from Nevada. Roberto Hernandez from El Salvador. Sebastian Peno from France. Paul Tedford from Montana. Jesse Broadwater from Florida. Levi Morgan from Pennsylvania. Mike Schlusser was uh, 11th. Uh, you were 10th. Overall, Rich Jackson from Pennsylvania, ninth. Peter Elzinga. And then uh, Peter ended up tied with uh, Sebastian Arenas from Colombia. Stefan Hansen was sixth. Miko Yulilainen from Finland was number fifth, five. Uh, Richard Bowen from Arkansas was fourth. You had Riku Van Tonder from New Zealand, third. Chance Boboff, second. And the man who did it three years ago was back to do it straight this time, not the lucky dog this time, Sergio Pani. Mm-hmm. I, and we talked about that earlier today. We said, man, it, you could win Vegas as the lucky dog and still feel like something is missing. Yep. And now he's won Vegas as the 900 guy. Yeah. There, so first of all, anybody with their nose in the air about having him having done it with the lucky dog win before – they got nothing now. Yeah. I still think I don't like the lucky dog. And <coughs> truthfully, none of the shooters really think it should be in the shoot off. Except the lucky dogs. <laughs> they're, they're, no, yeah. I'll tell you what. I'll bet if they're being honest, even they would say. Eh. Right. We're all going to shoot it given the opportunity because we're all economically somewhat responsible and we're going to try to get in. But none of us feel it's the same well and i'm going to say that a disproportionate number of uh of uh or a disproportionate how do i put this i I guess i'm trying to say the lucky dog has a disproportionate chance given the fact that they did drop one you know Mm -hmm. and it just doesn't yeah it doesn't sit right with a lot of folks i think i don't have an issue with it but if you did a a vote of the professional category Say the top fifty guys. That's what I'm thinking. The top, the guys who could shoot on command, ninety seven or better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd, have, I'd say you'd have to have shot eight ninety seven or better at Vegas. Oh, the, by the to, way, to that vote. would be ninetieth place, right? So, 
take guys who have shot 897 or better, let them vote. I bet most all of them say no lucky dog. 90 guys. And by the way, there's some good guys in that top 90. You got, I mean, Braden Galantine dropped a couple, so he was 88th. Yeah. You had uh, Kevin Wilkie. I mean, Kev shot 86th place with an 898. Yeah, the, so. the point is, most guys are going to vote against the lucky dog. If you take guys who have shot a 900, I bet all of them vote against it. You, know, you might get some yeah. of those 897 guys going, well, that's probably my only chance. I think we should do it, but some of those eight ninety seven guys, though, on a good day, there'd be nine hundreds all day long, no problem. Potentially, yeah. So anyhow, yeah, yeah. So but yeah, Sergio, the, yeah. he did it the. But yeah, both ways I got to say though, the shoot down, it's tough. It's it, you know, I was announcing at the thing, and 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 you know, Bruce is doing his thing on the floor. It's just not easy from the standpoint of the judging thing. It's got to get. It's got to get refined or fixed or something. The, the problem, just, the solution is right there in front of them. It's yeah. exactly what I proposed. Just yep. walk call along, it, call it. If call there's it, a discrepancy, and if there's a discrepancy, the shooters will hold you to yeah. it. Yeah, we're not going to let you just yeah. walk away with it. So it's – it's. I felt bad for the crowd after the first end. Yeah, because it it's tough like, to watch. I mean, it's – it, I think people – some people really enjoy it, though. I mean, the atmosphere and everything else Yeah, was, there's was something to it. It's how the Vegas shoot is. But blah, Saturday blah, blah. night, Saturday night's a much better overall much better event. Production. Yeah, better production. I agree. So it uh, – yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So uh, back to the women. Uh, we mentioned Sarah Lopez and uh, Soche Wan. We didn't mention Alexis Ruiz from Arizona, who was third. So that was a great, uh, great finish. Your wife, Linda, was sixth, mm -hmm. which is a good finish for her. Um, I'm sure she's not satisfied with that, but it's pretty good shooting anyway. Yeah, shut up, right? And, and there's lots of, uh, of well-known women in the uh, top 30. So uh, moving on. Um, Who won the recurve? I'm, I'm just pulling up those numbers right now. By the way, championship compound seniors, you had Keith Trail, Scott Starnes, and uh, Kendall Woody. And um, those guys have been around, you know, for a long time, since uh, since dirt was young, as it were. So, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> since Moses was in Little League. As yeah, they Keith say. Trail, uh, 900 as yeah, well. Yeah, solid shooting there. So that puts, what, 26 900s now? Something like that, yeah. And I think there might have been a couple in the young adult championship yeah. class or something like that. Championship recurve men was uh, Min Byon Young of Korea, who was uh, looking at 893 on his scorecard. Nothing to sneeze at with a recurve bow. 44 Xs. You know, that, that, that would have put him in the top 100 in the compounds almost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, Lee Sing Young of Korea was second. Brady Allison was third. Um, our buddy Crispin Duenas from Canada was fourth. And then Chef. Uh, was in there, fifth place. Uh, the Olympic champion, Kubon Chen, who doesn't appear to have made the Olympic team or the uh, national team this year. I thought he did. I, I, yeah, I thought don't know. I saw him. I got to double check that. But uh, yeah, he's eighth. Um, our buddy Jack Williams, number nine, shooting uh, shooting pretty well there. Ojin Hyuk was 11th. So, you know, Steve Viler, who the previous night had been number one, was 15th overall for the uh, Vegas shoot itself. Other other uh, heavy hitters like uh, Rick Vanderven, 18th, and uh, and so on. Max Mandia from Italy, 24th. All the uh, Europeans right now, as as we record this, are in Turkey, in Samsung, Turkey, at the European Indoor. And then for the championship recurve women, we had Simia G of Korea. And um, she's, she's just... Yeah. She's been on every indoor podium this year. Yeah, and then Kim Surin of Korea, and then Casey Koffold from PA. She was third. Uh, Michelle Kroppen was her opponent for the uh, bronze medal. And then uh, Korea, 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 Lisa Unruh, number nine. 
So uh, the hero of the Rio Olympic Games, Lisa Unruh, and the past world indoor champion. Top American besides Casey would have been Mac Brown. Mackenzie Brown was 13th overall. And uh, then you got to go a-, a ways before you see any more Americans on that list. Uh, uh, Tatiana Munchian, who used to shoot for Ukraine, she shot in the 88 Olympic Games uh, for Ukraine. She's living in Florida, and she was 20th. So there's your, there's your top American women there. Vegas shoot overall, very successful this year. The biggest number of open competitors in the shoot down ever and doping control fully enforced. It just has to show you that shooting clean means you shoot better. Uh, yeah, How can you argue? I, mean, I, I think the what it shows is that most everybody shoots clean. Now. Yeah. Which I, is I couldn't tell you like, you know, a report out prior, but a lot of the same guys who used to make it before are still making it now. Exactly, which points to them having been clean shooters in the past as well. And and that's all we're going to say about that. Yeah, what else do we have to talk about? On my list here? Are we uh, running out of time? You know what we're going to do? We didn't really even... Well, there's a lot we didn't even touch on for our first podcast back. We didn't talk about new product, nothing. No, no. Is there anything in the new product list you want to talk? Pro Comp. There's a pro comp halcyon. Let's save it for another time. Yeah, we can do that. Uh, our our buddy uh, uh, Clint Warner, you know, who ran that sort of uh, booth that we had, you know, the test drive booth at the Vegas. Yeah, show. he he wants to talk about stabilizers, so maybe we'll do a podcast with him. You know, it's great. He he's like, I I'm not super in tune on stabilizers. What he said to us, you know, he, he's just kind of handing out stuff and explaining the product, and he knows the product. But he said, how do you? Like teach people, tell people how they should set up. I'm like, you, you don't. You yeah, know? you don't. And you wrote a blog on that. So maybe, maybe, uh, maybe episode three, we could talk about that. Yeah. I like that idea. You know what we should save episode two for ASA. Yeah. Because I, you know, I'm not a 3d guy, but I got to say first off props to you. I'm a 3d guy now. You I'm are a 3d, 3D shooter. Guy now. I'm not even a target shooter. You know, what's funny is you went I to probably this, won't even shoot Vegas. You went to year. this 3d event. I know I won't be talking at Vegas next year. You went to this 3d event. And you crushed it. You did very well. And <sighs> people were like, oh, I thought you were a target shooter. They Let's don't realize it. they don't realize you're the world field champion. Let's save it for number two. We'll save it for the next show. All right. I guess that'll uh, that'll wrap it up. We'll like we said at the beginning, we'll we'll keep this one relatively short and we'll uh, see y'all on the flip side for episode two. <laughs>